So the partners program at Shopify was a way to onboard people who would build shops for other people and grow that side of the ecosystem as well, which was a major, I believe, growth point for Shopify. So as the company scaled that out, it required more resources and better documentation to prevent you know, the partners team from spending their time answering, as I said, boring questions. So with the actual developer docs in place, uh, the partner docs in place, they were able to grow that system and then that worked from well from there. Welcome to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Where Gowri Ram Kumar of Document 360 finds the best SaaS self-service knowledge bases in the world, and then interviews their creators. Let's get started with today's episode. Good day, everyone. Our guest today is Matthew Butler, Senior Technical Writer at Signiant. Welcome, Matthew, to the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, thanks for having me. I'm very well, thank you. Fantastic. So Matthew, please tell us, uh, how did you initially get into documentation or into the technical uh, writers community? And uh, yeah, a little bit more introduction about yourself, please. Sure. Uh, I started off uh, working in support in high tech. Uh, as you can imagine, that, gets, that relies a lot on documentation. And I found that some of our documentation was a little uh, missing and lacking in our uh, in our knowledge base. So I just started authoring some articles and eventually got picked up as a documentation content specialist for Shopify. Uh, I was already working in the support department, but uh, after you know working documentation on the sly for a while and supplying my colleagues with additional documentation to help them with stuff like DNS, that kind of thing, uh, they decided to bring me up uh, to be a documentation uh, specialist. Fantastic. So uh, I'm also aware that uh, you have completed your bachelor's in both education, uh, in both education and in English and literature. So how have the skills you gained through your education influenced your technical writing career? Well, uh, of course, with an English degree, I learned how to write essays really well and how to have good grammar and spelling, which is, of course, key to being a good technical writer. But I find my Bachelor of Education really set up my pedagogical practice for this type of work. Uh, I geared my, my education degree towards more of an older audience for con ed and older high school students. And uh, when I got into high tech, I found the same skills I learned there and the same techniques I used to develop uh, lesson plans for that actually wound up being very useful in planning out documentation. Mm -hmm. Super. So um, again, uh, just a little bit more about your uh, processes in the current company Signiant. Sure. Yeah. Can you can you uh, give us some insights on what's your documentation process with the current company and who do you normally involve in such processes? Oh, absolutely. Um, well, I normally have a regular sync with our VP of engineering. It gives me sort of a 10,000 feet view of what's going on with the development team. We have a development team of about, uh, I don't know, I estimated about 75 to 100 developers. Uh, so I have an idea of what everyone's working on. We sort of divide between core teams and web teams. Uh, the web teams are definitely something I'm more involved with just because they do do the user facing side of our application suites. Uh, the, core, the core team also does provide us with some utilities, so I do have to do some heavier lifting with that with the core utilities, like running command line commands and that kind of thing, and really getting into the nitty gritty. 
once I have the 10,000 foot view, then I start syncing up with the product managers for each of the related uh, tasks that are going to be completed by development during the next couple of sprints. Once I have an idea of what the project's about with product management, I approach the engineers and involve myself heavily with the engineers as soon as I possibly can, just so I can get ahead of their feature coming out so I can ensure that there are any gotchas or any features that any feature sort of weirdness that may need to be taken care of is uh, at least documented or if not sent back to developers for further revision. That's good. So it looks like a lot of coordination is required um, uh, at various levels. Yeah, I find it's very effective, uh, definitely before the pandemic, for me to actually sit and visit with the developers and have mm -hmm. a long sort of extended interview with them. Yeah, It's a bit more difficult now because of the social distancing and the pandemic happening where now it's more elongated Slack threads or if I'm very lucky, a Zoom meeting with them. <laughs> Great. So just an extension to that question. So how do you manage your documentation workflow? You did mention that the pandemic has some effect on the overall um, organizing uh, organizational tasks, but uh, generally, how do you manage your documentation workflow? Well, there's a the the uh, this sort of jumps into the size of my team. I have uh, another writer with me as well as a developer who's also with us temporarily to help work on our SAS uh, or our documentation site itself. We use docs as code, but uh, my other writer and I will sort of divvy up what we work on in terms of product. Um, there, uh, my other writer's time is also split with marketing because well, they do have an obligation there uh, as part of their uh, position, but typically we'll divvy it up, determine who uh, wants to take first crack at it. We'll review with each other and sort of go go over it with the, the engineers before we send it to each other for review. Once it's reviewed there for, you know, dotted our I's, crosses our T's, uh, we send it up to the product manager for them to have a final look. And if they like it, then it goes up. If it doesn't, they don't like it, it doesn't go up. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and also um, you briefly touched upon how you coordinate with different team members, right? So yeah. just on the support that uh, one should get, especially with the, the writing um, part, uh, talk me about the symbiotic relationship between documentarians and the support, please. Ah, you did some research. I actually gave a talk on this at Write the Docs in, I believe, 2016. Uh-huh. Uh, well, as I mentioned, my uh, growth out of support into documentation was seemed like a natural evolution to me, as documentation uh, is relied upon by support as well as you know authored by documentarians, and so uh, it really helps to have good documentation to prevent boring interactions between customers. Uh, this is like an example of the routine question a support agent may may get like how mm. do i how do i click the button in on the jobs page or how do i add a product using the add a product button like very very basic stuff that you know should be documented this allows the support interaction that's quote boring to then you know be dealt with very quickly so that then support agents can actually spend time working on interesting problems or actual troubleshooting problems that require support intervention or engineer help, as may be the case. Right. Very interesting, Matthew. And again, thank you for that community contribution. Uh, so let's go back a little bit to your experience with Shopify. Uh, so uh, through your LinkedIn, we came to know that you previously developed software documentation for Shopify. Mm -hmm. So what was it like developing technical content and documentation for a leading e-commerce software provider like Shopify? 
Um, honestly, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, specifically the, the part that I worked the most on was our partner development uh, docs. So the partners program at Shopify was a way to onboard people who would build shops for other people and grow that side of the ecosystem as well, which was a major uh, I believe growth point for Shopify. So as the company scaled that out, it required more resources and better uh, documentation to prevent, you know, the partners team from spending their time answering, as I said, boring questions. So with the actual developer docs in place, uh, the partner docs in place, they were able to grow that system. And then that worked from well from there. Really, uh, my experience at Shopify was fairly limited, though. Uh, I was there very, in very early days. I believe the docs team was uh, three people, including myself at the time. So it's grown significantly since then. I've, I've been in contact with my colleague, Jason Christie, there. And uh, he definitely uh, espouses that there's a much more than three people now, which is great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. J Jason has been our guest as well. Uh, very, very nice uh, talk we had um, as part of the uh, podcast uh, mm -hmm. uh, episode. Super. And again, uh, throughout your social media, you state that you're seeking skill advancement and thrill enhancement. So what's, what's that? It's, it's rhyming. So what is that? I think it's, I think it's, I think it says what it says on the tin gallery. I mean, I'm seeking skill advancement. I like to learn more things. I like to learn more complex things that allow me to be a better documentation uh, writer where I can get really in the nitty gritty of the code, like getting down to the C++ code base and really having a good look. The thrill enhancement, man, I'm looking here for a good time. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, so um, so uh, you didn't mention about the team size in Shopify when you were there, but what's your team size in uh, Signiant at the moment? Would you believe it or not? It's three. Seems to be the magic number I have. Uh, it started <laughs> off actually, when I started off at Signiant, uh, I was replacing a technical writer who was on contract for three days a week. Uh, having a look around and seeing what I saw in the Signet knowledge base, I quickly realized there was five days a week worth of work. Uh, so I managed to increase my contract and get hired on full time after a brief contract uh, in 2017, I want to say. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right. Uh, so 2018, I started full time as their first ever full time documentation writer. Uh, as part of that, I saw quickly that there was eight days of work a week eight days of work week so i started sort of lobbying for a co-op student at the very least to help me out with the workload uh, at the time we were also converting from an old cms knowledge base on um, salesforce desk uh over to uh it was actually salesforce desk was approaching end of life so we needed a solution and i being familiar with docs code and already using sort of a very loose docs code uh system prior to that, uh, I decided to go ahead and install a docs code sort of set up there and ma maintain that ecosystem. We already did have one site that was already docs code running on middleman, uh, which is a Ruby framework for static site generators uh, running our API docs. And I replaced the uh, CMS with Gatsby, which is a JavaScript framework, which was fairly new at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm fairly happy with it, actually. It uh, allows for pretty good performance. It's not too hard to maintain. Uh, but uh, yeah, my other technical writer and I work on both those sites. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, I have, a, I have a temporary developer who's a co-op student as well, 
um, who is helping us out with just sort of some gardening around our uh, static site generator, making sure they're up to date in terms of dependencies and also adding some new features to our documentation. All right. So that sounds really uh, interesting, Matthew, so much to share, right? So um, mm -hmm. just on your reporting, you did mention there are three people in the team, but uh, how does the reporting work uh, in your case um, and what kind of reports do you share? Sure. Um, with that, uh, really, Christine, my, my colleague and I work really closely together um, because I do have a bit more experience technical writing than her. Uh, she does um, seek my advice from time to time, but really she, she and I work very, very commonly together. Where I would say we're, we're peers more than she reports to me than anything. We both report to the VP of engineering directly, which is very helpful. Um, as I mentioned, he gives us a 10,000 foot view of what's going on. And we're also, are, again, when pandemic is not on, we're co-located with product managers, which also gives us sort of a informal channel to back channel in to see what's really going on. Yeah, yeah that kind of thing. Informal interactions I find are very useful. Uh, these little micro interactions we would get even just over chat on Slack or in a Zoom meeting or whatever. Mm -hmm. Really, it's not necessarily the content of the meeting that's important, it's what's said outside of the normal content of the meeting that may be more crucial to documentation. Yeah, very, very true, uh, Matthew, the very well said as well. Uh, now, in your opinion, what has been the most important innovation when it comes to document tracking during your career? Mm. Innovation in terms of document tracking? Yep. Honestly, I would say the adoption of Docs' code has been probably the greatest thing that I've seen. I've worked in shops that use PDFs or they use CMSs and stuff. And honestly, that falls out of date quick, quick. And it can be very difficult to review, especially if you're just doing raw authoring over on a WordPress site, which I've done. That's difficult because you have to sort of save it as draft and have the person go into the edit view to review it. Whereas with Docs' code, you can stage it up on a staging site, show someone how it's actually going to look in production and get approval on that rather than just sort of a mimic model of that. I would say that's a huge, huge advantage that we now have. Um, unfortunately, it does create a barrier to entry in terms of documentation where you should know a little bit of code at least your way around HTML, unfortunately, which is, again, can be difficult for some. I appreciate that. But honestly, being able to get a view of what, is, what my documentation is going to look like in production, get that reviewed by people is, is crucial. <laughs> nice. Uh, one thing I forgot to ask you is, is your documentation with uh, Signiant um, publicly available or is it something behind uh, uh, like a privately owned documentation? It is fully publicly available. In fact, I actually see documentation not just as a support tool. I also see it as a form of sales enablement. So what I mean by that is that our sales engineers who may do more technical uh, work with our customers as they're getting stood up. Uh, we do work with a lot of enterprise customers, um, like very large media entertainment entities. And they often have a team that wants to work with our sales engineers to get stood up. So our sales engineers and our support team who are help onboarding customers also provide the help documentation to give them a sense of what they're going to be doing. Like our system requirements are uh, always up to date. Uh, in fact, those are probably the, some of the heaviest reviewed docs that we have just to ensure that our customers are providing adequate resources to, to run our software. Yep. Uh, so do you know if your marketing team is generating any organic search traffic from your knowledge base? 
Yeah, we do get some uh, from our marketing team, uh, but really a lot of it is uh, like hand-holding hand -holding from our support and sales team to sort of point our customers to our documentation even before they're even uh, in the sales funnel, like they may be a prospect or something, but they'll have a look, they'll typically have a look at the doc, doc, documentation before they even get begin, which is quite flattering to be honest. Yeah, yep, very true. So I think with that, we are done with all the general questions. Matthew, anything that you would like to share before we go to the rapid fire round? Actually, I've been looking forward to the rapid fire round. So uh, let's go ahead. <laughs> Fantastic. So uh, just taking back to your um, initial days uh, or flashback, who have you learned the most about documentation from in your career? I really have to give it to my, uh, my I guess my mentor, uh, Tina Klein-Walsh, who is a technical writer for, uh, actually she's a technical writing manager of some, some kind, I'm not sure what her job title is, but she works for a large uh, enterprise company, uh, BlackBerry QNX. Um, and she, honestly, we met back in 2015, just as I was finishing up at Shopify. And we actually met on a plane and flying to a documentation conference and we sort of hit it off there. And she's sort of really helped guide me towards uh, this point in my career. She's really given me a good sense of what's out there because she's been, in technical writing for a while and she has been a really good guidance on uh, helping me advance my career. Thank you. Uh, can you share a documentation related resource you have consumed recently? Yeah, this came to me inform informally actually from uh, someone who's not at all in documentation at all, but he saw this, uh, uh, it was a conference talk by Kathy Sierra, uh, who is a game developer. I think her company name is Serious Pony. But it was actually XOXO Fest back in 2015, which is oddly enough when I met Tina when I first started going to the Write the Docs conferences in Portland. Um, she spoke about having real empathy for users and really putting yourself in sort of the beginner's mindset and really approaching things, approaching documentation like, like a human would rather than um, really not, not in terms of this is the official way of doing something, rather this is how you empower yourself to be able to do the thing you and her sort of phrases, you are a badass. That's the thing they really want to make the user feel empowered. And I really took a lot from that. And I was just like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. I want to empower my users. I don't want them to feel like I'm telling them what to do. I want them to feel like they know what they're doing. Um, would you, would you be okay to repeat that uh, resource one more time at you, please? Sure. That was, I believe Kathy Sierra. Let me do a quick search here. Yeah, Kathy Sierra from Serious Pony. It's uh, her XOXO uh, speech from uh, 2015. Thank you. That's great. Super. So my very last question to you is, what is the one piece of documentation related advice you would give to your 20-year-old self? Oddly enough, when I was 20 years old, I had no idea what a technical writer was. I thought a technical <laughs> writer was someone who wrote airplane manuals. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I would go back to my 20-year-old self and I'd say, Dude, look at yourself. You're 20 years old. You're in university. Gear your career towards technical writing. It's really going to do wonders for you. Super. So what you're saying is uh, just try new things and uh, explore. Yeah, be open to new experiences and don't have approach things without 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 a, without a cognitive bias where you look at things and you sort of see things as so oh, this is this is just that thing that's very silly and frivolous. I don't want to do that. It's a worthwhile career. And I would tell them that, you know, be open to new experiences and new things. Absolutely. They are just uh, very new and uh, young and uh, um, fresh, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Super. So, Matthew, I know it's just been uh, just over 20 minutes, but the amount of experience you have shared with us is absolutely wonderful. And um, the lot of uh, key points that we can take from this episode. Now, before we say bye to our audience, any last last minute uh, tips or tricks or anything that you would like to add to this episode? Yeah, I would say one something technical writers can always do is get in and get in get involved with the engineers as close as you can and start getting involved with their process as soon as possible and try to be as uh forgiving of them because honestly engineers are not the greatest communicators from time to time but honestly they're trying their best to, to communicate with technical writers and sometimes they don't even really know what you need to know so make sure that you ask a lot of questions when you need to get something done you know True, very true. So that you're clear on what you're doing and uh, um, it also helps to bring the best within within the documentation. Yeah, stay curious. Never stop asking questions. You never know. <laughs> That's true. That's true. So, Matthew, thank you once again for your time and uh, whatever you're doing, uh, good luck with it and with all your new project initiatives and uh, stay safe and take care. Yeah, you as well, Gareth. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Knowledge Base Ninjas podcast. Please head to iTunes, rate, and provide honest feedback on the podcast. See you next week. <laughs>